Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. I think this is a first also, our first live song. Our artist of the day celebrating his birthday. Don't know how old he is. I think he's our age. In really? our age? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I, I would look it up, but I've got an interview to do here. So. Our artist of the day is Dave Matthews. So much to say, this one. I've got so much to say about Syracuse basketball, but we'll do that in a little bit. We can do that uh, after this interview. We've got uh, our SOS house call, as promised. Dr. Todd Battaglia joining us again here. Uh, always great to talk to you, Dr. Battaglia. And, uh, let, let's start with uh, with this. Now, in, in most sports, there's you know like one consistent throwing motion that impacts the shoulder. In basketball, though, and you know we, we know that there's different movements, right? There's a chest pass, there's a bounce pass, there's dribbling, shooting, hook shots, so on and so forth. What are some types of, of I guess, shoulder injuries that could potentially... You know, impact different basketball movements opposed to just you know that would lead to I guess just general shoulder discomfort. Yeah, so you know those those other sports you're talking about, baseball and whatnot, where they would do a lot of repetitive same motion over and over. uh, Those shoulder injuries uh, on the whole tend to be you know overuse stuff. Uh, Whereas basketball, because you're doing so many different things. Shoulder doesn't really see that repetitive stress from the, from the same motion time after time. So basketball injuries tend to be a little bit more traumatic. Either you're diving for a ball and you land on it, or you get arms tangled up when you're going for a rebound and it gets pulled in a, in a different direction. So there's still a pretty wide variety. You know, we see a lot of AC joint sprains or shoulder separations, which are injuries to that little bump on the top of your shoulder, labral tears, which is the, the sort of meniscus equivalent of the shoulder. So you can get some cartilage tears, but they, they do tend to be more from a specific trauma than an, than an overtime or an overuse type of injury. All right, so speaking of shoulder injuries, we, we look to the NFL, and Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts uh, has been bothered by a shoulder injury, hadn't played for several weeks, and then came back yesterday to help the Eagles secure home field advantage in the number one seed, and they were able to get it. So now he's got a couple of weeks off, but he still says he's sore. Uh, I guess it's a shoulder sprain he's dealing with. What can he do between now and, you know, he's got, what, 13 days, 12 days to get ready for the next game? What can he do to, to continue to rehab that shoulder? And, and is it possible for him to be 100% or is it something he's probably going to be dealing with the rest of the way this season? So it's hard to say. I've, I've not seen any more specific diagnosis other than what you said, just kind of shoulder sprain. They didn't really say what structure or what part of the shoulder. Uh, obviously, the fact that they let him play implies that it's that it's nothing dangerous or career threatening. Uh, you know, he was feeling good enough to help them win the win the number one seed yesterday. I would imagine that the next couple of weeks they're they're just going to be babying him in practice. He's he's going to have a jersey on. He's not taking any contact. He's probably going to have limited throwing to do. Uh, he's going to be on his meds. He's going to be icing and get treatment every day with with the Eagles staff. And uh, hard to know for sure if he's going to be a hundred percent. But uh, you know, he played reasonably well yesterday. And I think in another two weeks, uh, he'll certainly be be up to play, no doubt. All right, we're going to stay in the NFL with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and, and they've been dealing with some injuries along their offensive line, especially at the center position. Their starting center and their backup center now hurt. We saw their backup center go down uh, yesterday with a hamstring injury. Uh, Todd Bowles saying that it's, it's still pretty sore. Uh, can you give us an idea of the different grades of hamstring injuries and how long it takes to recover from those kinds of things? Because, again, with the playoffs starting, there's not much time to heal, and you, know, you, you need those guys out there if, it, if at all possible. 
True. And, uh, you know, for those of us that, that do this routinely, you know, and I'm, I'm taking care of SU football on a daily basis, hamstring injuries might be one of our least favorite things to take care of. You know, first of all, just in terms of, of grade, like you asked, they're, they're pretty similar to other muscle injuries. We grade them on a one, two, and three scale, which, which in sort of simple terms you can think of as a, as a stretch injury, a partial tear, and then a major tear, you know, sort of in, in degree of severity. Almost all hamstring injuries do not require surgery. There's there's very few, pretty much one specific type of hamstring tear that requires surgery, and all the rest of them are non-operative, which is good. Uh, but the but the bug about them is a they can take a very long time to heal, especially those grade twos and threes can take weeks. And they're also very notorious for, for starting to feel better and you think you're ready to go and then you step on the field and you really try to sprint or do some explosive and you re-aggravate it and you tweak and you're, you're back to square one or two again. So they're really not a fun thing to have or a fun thing to treat. And, and with only two weeks left till playoffs here, uh, it's probably touch and go as far as that injury goes. All right, I'm going to ask you about another hamstring injury. This one uh, in the NBA was Zion Williamson and you know, we've seen him. I mean, he's obviously super talented and was a you know number one overall pick for a reason. But he's he's injury prone. Um, you know, and some have suggested. And I'm curious if it's fact or fiction. Some have suggested because of his size, he's so big and bulky that he is more prone to injuries. Is that fact or fiction? You know, and 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 what could he do moving forward? If it is fact, you know, if he drops weight, does that make him less injury prone? What what could you say about that? Yeah, you know, you don't know if you want to see him lose too much weight because it's such a part of his game. You know, I mean, he's a physical player. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen any real, real reliable research that says, you know, bigger guys are more prone to, I think he's dealing with a hamstring now too, right? Yes, his, correct. His injury, yeah, are more prone to hamstring pulls. But, uh, you know, not just is he a tall guy, like you said, he's a big guy. He's not a bean pole. And, and certainly, you know, those big guys tend to be less flexible, uh, sort of less pliability in their muscles, including their hamstring. So if anything, I would recommend to him or just to be, be really doing dedicated stretching, trying to keep his muscles as flexible as possible. All right, I do have two more NFL questions, if we could. We got you for another few minutes here. Um, you know, I was at the Bills game yesterday and, uh, with my daughter, and man, what a what a scene that was with uh, right. you know the way they honored the you know the the first responders and the the training staff who, who saved his life, and and then for them to run back the kick. I mean, it was it was as emotional as it gets on a football field yesterday. In in particular, with Demar Hamlin, I've had a few people ask me, and I don't know the answer, so I'm going to ask you. They you know a lot of people have asked me, is he ever going to play football again? So can you give us an idea of you know it sounds like he's going to be okay, that he's going to survive this, and and it sounds like he's getting better and better, and you know knock on wood, and and you know God willing. But will he ever play football again? And, and can you give us an idea of like what kind of rehab would go into recovering from from this kind of traumatic event? Yeah. So, uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anybody's come forward yet and said exactly what happened with him. And, and there are a few different possibilities, but the the leading theory, at least what I would guess based on what I saw, is, is a phenomenon called the commotio cordis, which is really a freak thing where you take a shot to the chest at the exact right millisecond during your heart's heartbeat cycle, and it basically just just throws your heart into seizure and it stops. If that if that's truly what he had and it didn't do any long-term heart damage, he absolutely could play again. Uh, it was a completely freak thing. He'd have to do, you know, cardiac rehab to get his endurance and stamina and all that stuff back. But but you absolutely could play like that. You see a case or two of that every couple of years, particularly in, in lacrosse with a goalie, particularly will take a shot right in the chest. It's a completely freak thing. 
On the other hand, if he's got some sort of underlying arrhythmia, something wrong with the electrical system of his heart, and, and it existed before this injury and we just didn't know about it, that would be a totally different ball game. Very likely he, he may never play again. All right, that, that makes that makes sense. And no, I haven't seen specifically, I heard the same thing, that that was the leading theory, but I haven't seen specifically what caused it other than he went into to cardiac arrest. And then my you know my other question regarding the NFL is about Tua. You know, we, we've seen him suffer two really uh, gruesome injuries this year, let's face it. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the speculation is he's had at least two concussions this year. And, right. and now you're hearing that he might play next week. Um, and in this day and age when, you know, especially with, with head injuries and there's so much sensitivity to that, do you think it's a good idea, I guess, in your personal opinion? Like, if he's had, if he truly had two concussions in a short period of time like we suspect he did, is that a good yeah. idea from a medical perspective to put him back on a, a football field this year? It, it's certainly from afar a, a risky call. I mean, if, if he truly has been tested and all of his cognitive function is back and all of his fine motor skills and balance and all that is back to normal, then then technically it's appropriate to let him play. But man, he took two two whacks, and it's it's hard to hard to think that uh, that he's he is truly back to normal. Uh, you know, as you know, this pendulum has swung so completely. I'm I'm dating myself. I'm 50 here. You know, when we were kids. Uh, you, you brushed it off, and as soon as you could go, you could go again. We, we've learned that's not the right thing to do anymore. And, and the second, third hit phenomenon, where if he gets another injury on top of one that hasn't quite resolved, the, the brain damage can be significant. So, yeah, they they better make sure all their T's are crossed and I's dotted, and he he really tests out normal before they let him on the field again. Yeah, uh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, we're all about the same age. Paul, he's fifty. I'm four, about to be forty-seven. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I you know, you're right. When we were kids, it was. You know, be tough. Get back out on the field, and 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 you're right. The pendulum has certainly swung uh, in the other direction. Safety first. Uh, thanks so much, Doctor. Great stuff as always. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, enjoy the week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good show, guys. Thanks very right. much. Thank you, Doctor Todd Battaglia, our SOS House Call. And with that, uh, full lines open the rest of the way. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.